Wilson, like a cork in the ocean over his head. Marking contest over the top, Subic, great grab. Across the ground, bam, in comes Donny Wilson. Got it out to a oh. kick, kick it. check, Hunter. Who would have thought the sequel would be just as good as the original? Kicks inside 50, McGovern, McGovern, what a player. The premiers of 1992. The 1994 premiers. Premiers. The 2018 AFL Premiership team. The West Coast Eagles. G'day everyone. Welcome to the Big Footy Eagles podcast for another week. Honey Badger 35 here. I am here with Mop, and we will get into that uh, at some stage throughout the show. There's quite a bit to discuss this week on the injury front. When isn't there, I suppose, at this this time of year for the West Coast Eagles or any time of year at that. Uh, a little bit of footy to discuss, though, before we get into the off-field stuff. Join us in the comments as well, have you say. There's uh, a quite a few little interesting points this week where maybe a few things, some returning players, things like that we haven't seen before. Some things we definitely have seen before in terms of the injury list and the discussion around it. So have your say, jump in the comments and uh, share the show. Get on board. Gentlemen, let's start things off with the footy and a little bit more broadly before we get into the Eagles games. Migs, I've got you down there on the screen and I know you were at the West Coast game on the weekend. That, of course, means you were in South Australia for Gather Round. How was that? How'd you go? I know you went to a couple of games. So how'd you find the whole experience? Yeah, it was pretty good, actually. Um, they yeah, put on a really good show in South Australia. Obviously, um, it was a raging success, which, uh, which Gil confirmed at the end of the weekend. Um, we might talk about that in Heroes and Villains, I think. But, um, <laughs> yeah, look, I can understand why they've renewed it. Um, I grudgingly think that South Australia is probably the best place to have it. Um, just the ability of uh, football fans from Melbourne, and uh, to be honest, that's where a lot of them are, um, to just drive over and join in and drive back um, makes it probably a long, uh, yeah, better location than Western Australia. Um, yeah, obviously, they're footy mad. They um, they love it. Um, the the Adelaide Oval was, was full for the, the Saturday and Sunday games. Um, I think all the other games were sellouts as well. Uh, yeah, um, fantastic atmosphere just around town. You know, seeing, even saw some Giants um, stuff around town. I'm not sure I saw any Gold Coast stuff. Um, Good God. But yeah, there's a couple of, uh, couple of Giants fans wandering around. Um, yeah, pretty much everyone represented. Um, yeah, really, really good vibe. Um, apart from the first half of and early in the third quarter of the Eagles Geelong game. Yeah, fantastic weekend. Yeah, oh, and good the vibes. Weather, and the weather on Saturday was terrible and I was standing out in the bloody rain on the hill watching Essen versus Melbourne cursing my life choices. But apart from that, um, yeah, it went really well. Yeah, and you made a really good choice to come back the next day and watch West Coast take on Geelong. And uh, I'll bring Mop in here. Migs, we'll get back to you in just a second and get your ground level view of the whole situation. But Mop, we had you on... Uh, I believe it was a, was around one. I think we might have had you on, and it's all uh, yeah. Before. A bit of an odd start to the year. There was the North game, which uh, winnable, but we let let the game slip in that second quarter. Shades of that in this game, of course, uh, to a much different degree. Geelong, of course, a very different beast to North Melbourne. But uh, for me, you look at the, the box score. I suppose quarter number two, the Cats win by forty six. The full game, the Cats win by forty seven. So there's there's sort of your story. What what do you make of the game? What did you make of uh, of how we started it? When we let go of the mm-hmm. rope, and then do you, do you put any stock in that post-half-time comeback, trimming the margin down, or was it queuing the rack time for everybody and we were just trying to get out of South Australia at that point? Oh, I, don't, I don't know. I reckon the start and the end, there was a little bit of promise there, a little bit of mm. fight, a little bit of probably what we've been missing. But 
that second and third quarter, mate, couldn't do a thing right. And I've gone back and I've watched it again, trying Oof. to understand what went wrong. And they got they got on top in the middle and they smashed us through the center clearances, which I'm sure you, you'll go through the numbers. But it was like they got, they got on top in the middle. So to my take was the defenders thought they'd come a bit higher up and close some space. And then there was all the room in the back. It's like, yeah, well, I'm not really sure with the tackle that we have in the shed, there was much else that we could do. We're a young side. They're the reigning premiers who have a point to prove. So they needed a punching bag. Mm. So I, I guess it's on one hand, it's a matter of what could have been in that way. It could have been, you'd take away the nine goal second term, potentially we're talking a three, four goal margin as opposed to an eight, nine goal margin. But ultimately, if you asked any self-respecting, self-aware Eagles fan, would you take a, an eight goal loss at the end of it to Geelong? Yeah, you would. <laughs> So I, I don't think it's all doom and gloom until you talk about our injury list. Yeah, and by God, we'll get uh, we'll get to that later on in the show. A uh, couple of comments coming through here, so we'll we'll definitely get to those. A few little ones, some about selection, some about injuries. So I'll, I'll put a star on those. We'll come back to those uh, at the appropriate segment. But just talking cats, I mean, look, you mentioned young team and getting smashed in the middle. Clearance numbers, like you said, we got flogged, and it was our worst clearance performance to date. We are now last in the league in clearances. You caveat that with look, it's five weeks into the season. We've played Melbourne. We've played. Long. Uh, Freo's midfield was sort of their strength last year, even though this year it's not really been humming. So there are some teams there that you go, okay, maybe we've had some good ones, but it's going to be an ongoing struggle throughout the year. Hit out numbers, 62 to 31. We got doubled up there. We were minus 20 in the clearances, which was by far our worst uh, performance to date. It's actually quite a, kind of funny, and I know you didn't really mean it like this, Mott, but you go, oh, you throw out that nine-goal second quarter. Well, yes and no, because, of course, you can't throw out a nine-goal second quarter. But as you said, and Migs, I know you would have been sitting there and maybe be hoping against hope for a miracle. The first quarter, they hung around. They hung around. They had some good effort. The Eagles of last year, we saw when the heads dropped and the margin went from 50 to 60 to 70 to 100 to, you know, kept going and going. Do you put stock into the arresting of momentum outside of that? Do you put stock into the fact that they kept playing the game style? Or we saw Geelong, they're not afraid to keep going. They're not putting the cue in the rack. And even the commentary was saying, Migs, that, geez, I think the Cats might be a bit disappointed with the second half because they do like to smack a team. They're not averse to throwing 200 points up on the board. So sitting down there at ground level, did you get the sense that the Cats stopped or did you get the sense that maybe we lifted? How did that all uh, play out? Yeah, it definitely didn't feel like it at the ground. Um that, that they were easing off at all. Um, and I haven't, uh, I'm not a masochist like Mop, so I haven't gone back and watched the, uh, nah, and watched the replay to see what the commentary says about it. But no, I certainly didn't feel at the ground like um, we, we got our way back in because Geelong eased up. It felt like we did actually, yeah, rest some momentum. Um, uh, maybe Geelong t- com- uh, didn't have the foot completely to the floor like they did in that second quarter. But um, yeah, it was a really pleasing fight back. And you know, you said it last year, and I, I think Simpson said it as well in the, in the press conference afterwards. Last year, that would have ended up as a 20-goal loss. Mm. Um, and that's certainly how it felt at halftime and shortly after halftime. And, um, yeah, I was throwing the, the toys out of the cot at that point. Um, so, yeah, the fight back was really pleasing. Um, we did uh, – Kelly got a bit of space in the middle because he was completely shut down in that first half by um, by Atkins. Um, yeah, um, pleasing signs, but um, Simpson said it again. The, the difference between our best and our worst is uh, is probably even bigger than our injury list at the moment. Um, it's it's enormous, and mm. that uh, Geelong went to another level, and we were absolutely terrible. I think they kicked five goals, and we touched the ball five times at one stage or something. It was there was something thirty five to five possessions or yeah. something like that in a run in the yeah. second quarter. They were just going goals, even when we go forward, they'd swing it around the other side and uh, yeah. rebound pretty easily through Holmes or whoever it might have been on. Yeah, yeah, tragic stuff. Uh, 
Mop, you mentioned the age, and let's quickly go through that. The Eagles were the fourth youngest side on the weekend. They had 11 players under that 50-game barrier. The Cats, meanwhile, had 10 at the highest barrier. That's that 150-plus. 79 games of experience for West Coast, 146 for Geelong, so borderline doubling up on experience, uh, you know, player to player there. Now, with that said, who did you like on the weekend? Was it some of the kids? I thought, I mean, Waterman played a really good game. He was the only one to get the coaches vote. You know, Gaff sort of still was in there trying hard. Kelly got freed up a little bit as the game went on. It was sort of, for me, maybe not the young guys, Mott, but more those uh, sort of mid-20s to the sort of high-end 20s guys, the guys in their quote-unquote prime that we would like to see the lift from. Yeah, and just to kind of make a comment on that, we talk about the age of the side versus Geelong, but when you when at the moment we're realistically the 18th best side in the competition, oh yeah, yeah. No, you, have, you, you have a good long hard look at that list. How many of these young folks are going to be here come 2026, 2027 when we're actually knocking on the door? Mm. Noah Long looks outstanding, and he's going to be a real loss this week. Jinby to play through a niggle, well, not a niggle, general tiredness, which is firmly in the uh, TBC kind of school of uh, cover-up. Yep. But Jin- Jinby's out, been outstanding. Um, I know we've got a few blokes in the shed, Chester, Barnett still to come, but, you know, you I'm sure he'll... Yeah, that's it. Um, but, you know, dudes like like Xavier O'Neill, like, realistically, mm. he is probably waffle food after this season, given he can't even get a game in... In an injury shattered, decimated side, I'm pretty sure my cat might get a game of him over him at the moment. Um, so yeah, it, it's one thing to be a young side. Who did I like? <laughs> it, it's so hard to be positive after that second quarter, but who do I, I think Kelly's starting to show why we paid the big bucks for him. Ironically, it's in a, in a losing side against his against his former side. Uh, Waterman, considering last time I sat here in front of you two blokes, I, I questioned whether he might get a, que- a new contract or not. Mm. Pretty sure he's earning those dollars now. Um, Oscar Allen starting to brush off some of that rust. He's but then good. the other side of the coin, you got dudes like Tom Barras who just looked so out of it. For a dude that was so consistently our best player last season, he just looks miles off it. Yeah. So it's kind of. He has, over the course of the a- season, he has. I'll, I'll give him a borderline pass because I don't think any backman in the comp is doing much with. You know, plus 20 in the clearances and them just waltzing out like they were in that second quarter. He got caught behind, but he's not the first guy to get caught behind Tom Hawkins. But yeah, he's this season, the body of work this season has not compared to last year, not even remotely, obviously. And and, and even even his timing, he's just not getting his jumps right. He got one right, I think, halfway through the last quarter. The first one, all right, yeah, he, he looks like he's intercepting best. So I don't know. Um, it's good to see uh, Cully get some game time, even if he isn't looking the business. Mm. But, uh, and, but the honest... The only w- real winner out of last week is probably Waterman, Allen, and maybe Jinby for sheer effort. Very nice. Get out of the podcast bird as well. We've had a uh, podcast dog. We've got a podcast bird now, so I think by the sounds of that, that's pretty good. Don't mind that at all. Uh, Migs, let's talk the young guys because that's going to be, or, you know, the young guys, the middle-aged guys in footy sense, I suppose. The guys that are going to be here when we're trying to be something. Uh, Waterman, we've touched on. He was nice. I'll give Bailey Williams credit and... Uh, Mop, we might swing back around to you at some stage as well because I know we had a big big chat about it uh, in round one or in round two. I think he's worked into the season nicely to the point where when they said he was injured this week, another one of the random injuries, I was thinking, well, we're sort of stuffed without him at this point. He's he's doing 80% of the ruck work. He's really firing away. Uh, Cully, let's talk Cully and let's also talk Hoff. Uh, Jay here points out that this week's random unannounced injury goes to Brady Hoff. That's exciting. Just one of those that you find out on the Thursday when they're listing. What did we make of Hoff's game? What did we make of Cully's game? The usage, he's still getting 70% time on the ball. Uh, the numbers weren't great. The clearance numbers in particular for a bigger guy, but put himself about 
few good contested marks there. And then Hoff, kind of a tough one to play, a sort of hybrid wing half back role in a game like that. But maybe these are the guys that we need to start putting the magnifying glass on as we move forward. Yeah, we, well, we definitely need to keep getting games into both of those guys. Um, Cully was a strange one. He seemed to go, I, I saw your numbers um, in the centre bounce thread. Mm. He seemed to spend a lot of time forward. He was in the last quarter. Was it the last quarter they were kicking to the hill end, I think? Um, he was starting in the he, goal square a lot. He clunked one in the, in the, goal, in the forward 50 in the final quarter, so yeah. Yeah. Um, he, yeah, he was starting out of the goal square, so tried something different with him a bit, I think. Um, yeah, didn't uh, having a, a tough run, getting a, a real baptism of fire. I think he's been opposed. He was opposed to Dangerfield at times, quite yeah. a few times on the weekend. Um, the week before that, uh, it's all becoming a blur. Who did we play the week before that? Clayton, Petraka. Yeah, 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 take so, your pick. So, yeah, he's not, you know, he's not getting a nice, quiet um, introduction to AFL football, for sure. Um, but, yeah, look at not going to hang the guy after um, six AFL games and you know, playing in a side that's um, you know, got a ruckman that's uh, you know, not winning hitouts as, as much as I agree with you that Bailey Williams is um, is improving week to week. I think and toiling really hard. You know, he's not that you know, they won two thirds of the hitouts Geelong, so he's um, you know, Kelly's not getting it on the silver platter. Uh, so yeah, look, I, I think we have to persist with him. Um, same with Hoff. I uh, didn't notice Hoff so much at the ground. I know he was playing mostly back line, I think, and mm. uh, yeah, now he's uh, he's injured with a, a mystery injury. Um, uh, yeah, if we keep talking about injuries, I'm going to just go on a rant, so I'll avoid that. Uh, the other one I think we missed... Um, talking about the, the stars was um, Jermaine Jones. I thought he had a really yeah. good game. He's had a really good year. Uh, coming off half-back provides a bit of a run and dash that we've been missing. Um, has also played a couple of games forward, I think, as well, and done quite well. So um, versatility and, and gives us a point of difference coming out of the back line. So that's um, yeah, that's impressive. And uh, Oscar Allen, oh, actually, no, I'll leave that for heroes. Oh, Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Well, springboarding off that Jermaine Jones sort of commentary, uh, a couple of entry kicks from him, which is nice. That, I like seeing that because it means your halfbacks are pressing up. It means you're getting you know, a handball receive. I forget who dished it off, but oh, I'm not even going to speculate. It doesn't matter. Somebody dished one off to him to set Oscar Allen up in the first quarter. And it's just that sort of stuff where I know every now and then he does blaze away. Maybe he's not a 10 out of 10 user, but in the scheme of things, you give him a bit of space. He's sort of an eight or a nine out of 10 kick on his, on his good kicks. So, you know, to find him as that sort of quarterback, almost Liam Ryan-esque role, pumping the ball inside 50 with a bit of precision. It was nice to see that. Now, Mop, with that said, we'll have a look. And we looked at this over the last couple of weeks. Kick to handball ratio. We've been hovering up around the 1.9 and twos over the last few years. Uh, 1.18 this time around. So once again, we're almost going at one kick for every handball. Now, we're not getting a ton of the footy. We certainly didn't on the weekend. But the game style change is evident. Mm. The attempts to run from behind, the attempts to carry, maybe handball your way through traffic a little bit more. They're still there. I mean, look, I'm going to say, do you want to see them turn into results? Of course, we want to see that. Do you expect that it's actually going to yield much benefit? Or is this we're just going to have to sort of suck it up and and, and look for the little glimpses week to week? Because this looks like the sort of game style that if you broke a team with it, you could get on top of them. I know we have a talent deficit at the moment against most opponents, but it is the sort of thing where effort's a contagious sort of drug, you know what I mean? You get a couple guys running from behind and suddenly it starts to look very easy. Yeah, and I, I think you hit the nail on the head, but to quote Old El Paso, why not both? It, <laughs> we, we're not going to win too many games with, with... How many injuries do we have now? Like, Miguel, you might actually have the number... 18 injuries. 19, You're not going to beat like too many side with 18, 19, probably 22 come Saturday injuries. Mm-hmm. But it's a matter of kind of... <laughs> I love the comment from uh, Matt. Yeah, yeah nicely done. Of... Talent deficit <laughs> on probably all opposition. Let's say that for now. <laughs> yeah, maybe G to worse aside. But anyway, um, 
I, I, we're not going to do too much this year. We are firmly in contention for oh. the Harley Reid Cup. Yeah. Injuries and no injuries, we're firmly in contention, whereas now we're in the box seat. But if we're going to win a few games, GW West don't look crash hot. Uh, Gold Coast have a glass jaw. Um, Frio, the round second derby, you never know what's going to happen. It, I'd, I'd rather us keep the game style up, build a culture around it, like you said, we're not doing that horrible chip pass, chip pass, handball, chip mm. pass, and God forbid the uh, 2010 John Warsfold switch hit around the back without the skills to back it up. I'm glad we're not doing that either. That, I think my heart, right, my blood pressure went up many, 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 many times watching that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, build the culture now. Take the good with the bad. If we're going to win a game, you know, accept it. But, yeah, we're not going to win too many games. We might as well look good losing than try and go back to the old style and look shit and still lose. Yeah, exactly right. Um, I'm almost happy to park, just given that, look, what's there to say? We're in a, we were coming in with low expectations this year. They've gotten lower. The Cats have woken up. They're the reigning premier. It was what it was. I mean, the result's almost par. You probably would have taken it like Mop said yeah. if offered. It's sort of almost par. The route to getting there was very, very creative. But I'll uh, I'll open it up to the floor. If anybody's got any parting thoughts on the Cats game, we'll uh, we'll have them now, and then we might move along. Just, to, just one question. To build on what you're Sorry, you go. Uh, just to, to build on what you were saying about the uh, sticking with the game style, and I think it, mm. it goes off what Paul's just said there about building synergy. I think the, the sort of run and run and gun handball style that they're trying to play, I think, is very intuitive. Like mm. They need to, sorry, not not very intuitive. They need to all be on the same page. They need to sort of know when the teammates going to give it, where they're going to uh, where they're going to be looking to give it to, and mm. that only comes with practice um, more so than you know, the previous game plan, which was very predictable. You know, kick mark, kick it to the um, uh, kick it long the boundary, force it out of bounds, go again. Um, it's it's um, It relies a lot more on knowing what your, your teammate's going to do. So, yeah, basically, we, we're we going to stick with it. We have to stick with it, keep doing it until you know, all the guys on the list you know, know when their teammate's going to give it to them and when they're expected to run and uh, the direction that their teammate's going to be handballing it in. So. And just further to that, you got to you got to factor in the amount of ins and outs we're getting. We are a revolving door. Um, you can't expect all these blokes to know how to play with each other given... And was, was it round two that we had an unchanged side for the first time in God knows how long? Uh, it was the Freo um, game, round two into but, round yeah, three. Round two. And then we had the and, seven coming out of that. Yeah, and then that overcorrected quite yes. significantly. Yeah. The law of averages. But but yeah, the less said about the Geelong game, I just think we, we push on, we keep it better. Hopefully next year we go from a two to three win side, being optimistic, to a, maybe a four to five win side. Good stuff. The oh, only sorry, one up. question for both of you. One very question for both of you, yes or no. Are Geelong a top four side? They, they've lost some very soft games. They lost to the Gold Coast somehow. Where do we see them as a side? Very briefly. It's, it's not a yes or no, but they are impossible to beat borderline, impossible to beat at home, proper home, GMHBA, not the MCG or anything. They're playing their first game in Geelong this week. I don't. I think they'll get Sydney. Apparently Sydney played Geelong pretty well in Geelong, but uh, I, it's such a good home ground advantage. You borderline tick off wins for that and just put them in in marker when you get the fixture release. So yes, but I don't know. They're the Premier, they're, they're slow to wake up, they'll be all right. Yeah, very difficult side to get a read on. Um, three losses in a row, and then they've, they've had the um, the benefit of playing 18th and 17th in the last two weeks. Mm. Um, basically, turned on one amazing, well, it was pretty much an amazing half against Hawthorne, and then an amazing quarter and a bit against us. Um, but yeah, as you say, Badge, they're a bit of a Premiership hangover, the late start to the preseason, they're, they're possibly just waking up, adjusting to life without um, Joel Selwood. <laughs> Thank you.
Right, let's get things focused back with the West Coast Eagles. And Migs, I know you said let's not get started on this because you might rant, but we've got a couple of people clearly uh, invested in the outcome there of you having a rant. We might blend this into heroes and villains at the back end because I think this is a default nomination for villainy from all of us. But let's talk injuries. Uh, I don't have the heart to pull up the Eagles injury list in front of me right now. When I last checked, there were 17 names on it. Since then, Also, I don't added... have the room on the screen to do it. True enough. The mouse only scrolls so many times. Long has been added to it since then. He is out. Hoff has been added to it uh, since then with some sort of mystery Thursday afternoon injury. We've got... Williams is playing, but there was rumours of a hammy injury there. Look, it's a beat-up side. We'll get to Will Schofield later on. Thank the Lord for Will Schofield. But there's going to be some fresh faces. There's going to be some guys getting some opportunities. But as always, Migs, and I'll let you uh, take the floor on this one, not a lot of clarity. They've reverted back. We praised them in the off-season for letting us in. A bit of clarity, a bit of information. Nah, round six. Nah, it's gone. The the Port Adelaide game plan will shift massively if they know that Brady Hoff is out. So we couldn't dare let the Eagles fans know. Yeah, um... <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> well, there's two issues here. One is the injuries themselves and the, the sheer level of it. Um, and you know, last year it was a bit of a spiral that players were out with COVID and then they you know, came back underdone or players were having to play when they were underdone because of all the players that were out with COVID and then they got injured and so on and it spiraled. And we all thought, oh, yeah, that's um, you know, understandable. Uh, and then we got to round three this year and we had a really quiet, uh, really um, low for us, really low generally um, injury mm-hmm. list. Um, we trumpeted about the fact that we, we had a, an unchanged side for the Derby. And then, yeah, look at us now, three weeks later, and we're struggling to put teams out on, in the AFL side, let alone the, the Waffle side. So, yeah, I don't know. Look, I, I'm not a medical specialist. I'm not a doctor, um, despite the, the pills that I've handed out to you guys. No, backstage. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> That's the one. Um, but, yeah, look, and I know there's a lot of impact injuries, but they're not all impact injuries. Um, there's uh, there's so been so many injuries over the past three weeks in games, at training. Um, it cannot simply be bad luck. No one is that lucky. Um, unlucky. Yeah, so let's talk to this. And I know it's a uh, probably a comment or a chat mix that you and I would have had a few times last year because it was a bit of a running theme. Mop, we'll get your uh, stance on this one as well. Comment here from Mark says, this is two years in a row. We've had a lot of injuries. It has to be more than bad luck. I suppose my succinct wrap-up on this would be, if you have this many injuries... It can't just be bad luck, but I also think, in fairness, it can't just be bad management. Some of these injuries are just shit luck. Uh, shit luck happens. It's contact sport. You have a good run. You have a bad run. That's fine. The medicos can't do anything about Witherden's face getting smashed in or Cripps breaking his ankle or Ryan going for a hanger like he's done a million times before and ripping his back and his hamstring and whatever else in half. They're the luck ones. The management ones, though, they've done a, a small staff change. You know, they've brought in a new strength and conditioning coach. I believe their head of high performance is still in place. So not a total overhaul, but a strength and conditioning shake-up. But the management ones are, we saw Shuey go again with the hamstring. Yo missed two years with the groin. He's come back. Get him ready. He's ready to go. We've got the calf. Now he's back with the groin. You're getting guys wear down because they're playing too many minutes too soon, maybe some of these young kids and things like that. There has to be a management component to it. So I think for me, it's somewhere in the middle, but mop. Where, where do you stand on this situation? And, and I guess, what's the way forward? Like, what, what can we even look for in a situation like this? Because as soon as somebody else is ready to go, we've got to, you know, get someone else out of the side and it's just a revolving door. So I wonder, while we built Mineral Resources Park or Life Lane, how many broken mirrors, ladders and the black cats um, our our people kind of endured? Because this this mm. is stupid. This is, this is insane. 
Um, I don't have an answer to, to why. I, I, I've been to training the last two open sessions, and what strikes me is, A, the, as I've said in the um, injury thread, these sessions are exceptionally light. Nothing happens. It's nothing more than glorified kick-to-kick, mm. two laps around the oval, and waving to the, the kids during school holidays. Um, Elliot Yo struggled to get through that before he came back the last game. Luke Shuey didn't participate this this week, and yet you got, Callum Jamison didn't do anything more than walk a lap and a half. These are guys potentially walking straight back into the sides. They're the master of their own worst enemy, especially mm. dudes like Yo and Shuey that have soft tissue injuries, that have long injury histories, surely it can't be as bad to my untrained eye. Surely with Shuey, you take the cautious side. We're not going to beat Port Adelaide and Adelaide. Surely, I know our injury list is dire, but for the God's sake, just play anyone. Just give him another week because it, it, it's baffling. But my one kind of pie-in-the-sky theory is we're suffering what the Purple Mob down the road did when they settled into New Stadium. Is, is the ground just too hard? Does it take time to settle? Um, I saw someone's theory, and I can't remember the poster's name, where we took the best dude from Melbourne. He wasn't up to the Perth weather, and thus the conditions weren't quite right on the ground. And it's very pie in the sky, but it's not the craziest theory I've ever heard. So, but yeah, I, I reckon even, even if there's nothing in it, I'll be shocked if Warren Kognik or whatever his name is, is in a job come September. You look well, at, that's, a, that's a huge call because no one loses their job. No, nah, no one loses their job at the Eagles, mate, except for life. Uh, the Adelaide injury list had zero games of experience on it this week. That was a, a graph going doing the rounds we've got. I'm not going to bring up the number. It's going to make me cry. 1,100, something like that. 11, 1,200. Brisbane have one. Adelaide Didn't have zero. Didn't have had Hurd into that. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Yes, he had 300 games to turn into that, yeah. Yeah. So we have 1,500 games on the injury list uh, and Adelaide have zero and Brisbane have one. And uh, Adelaide very famously poached the Melbourne, is it Burgess? Is that his name? Darren Burgess, yeah. something like that? The, yeah. We say Melbourne strength and conditioning or some sort of high performance guy poached him. They were raving about how good he was and sure enough, their injury list is looking pretty schmick. So it can be done. There's guys out there. I think the Eagles maybe thought that they'd done it as well. Cause, and I will say once again, in fairness to them, they've made the staff change. They've tried to pivot a little bit, but obviously not enough or it's obviously not working. I like the surface theory. I've always thought in the back of my mind, because Freo had a bit of a bad run when we first got to Optus as well. Is the ground at Optus too hard? Is the And there was, you know, visiting teams would come and get hurt and they'd complain. I think, did Buddy do a foot injury in round one in 2018 or just things like that? But equally, I mean, Perth are playing on this ground quite a bit. You know, you've got you've got other clubs there that are getting injured, but Migs, if we move things along having a look at the waffle, we can talk Scoey here as well. Even our waffle injury list is shit. Even the top-ups and the sign-ons and Alec Waterman's hurt and, you know, some of the ammos that train with this. Even the top-ups are getting hurt. I, I can't yeah. figure out, is that now a point for management or is that a point for the grounds too fucking hard? We got we got the kids getting hurt and the top-ups getting hurt. What you know? What, what are the options? Yeah, I don't know. They played out at Joondalup. Um, Joondalup, wasn't it? I think uh, Hewitt seemed to fall over a blade of grass or trip over the centre circle or something at the start mm. and um, do his ankle and he's now out for, for TBC. And um, uh, Harry Creasy, who um, people probably won't know, but he actually won our reserves best and fairest last year. So he is one of the better top-ups, obviously. He um, did his ankle a couple of minutes later, apparently. So, yeah, I don't know. That's out at Joondalup. I don't know how much you can blame the Optus surface and the Lathlone surface when these guys are just getting injured everywhere. Um, a lot of the other... Apparently, Zane Sumich, who's the ex-captain, um, he's out for weeks. Uh, the official Waffle now has an official injury list, um, mm. which is interesting. Uh, he's down there as illness, but then there was a story um, in the, the story on Schofield today. They said um, Sumich was out following surgery, so... I don't 
Um, more ducks, more ducks and drakes. I, get, I suspect. Um, I'm going to get started. Um, yeah, look, it's it's bad. It's yeah. I, I don't know what to do. I, I don't know what can be done from a, a medical and a fitness and strength um, perspective. But they they can't just say, oh, it's bad luck and it's football because it's clearly more than that. Yeah. I, so I have, looking... I have a suggestion. Yep. I have a suggestion how to fix the waffle. Anyone that has any child that is Auskick age, just put them in the waffle. Just put them in the waffle side. Just it can't be any worse than the 169 point to uh, to the demons last week. So that that's my suggestion. I put it on public record. Bring your kids, people. Bring your kids to the footy. Yeah. You get a kick during quarter time. Stuff that. Get a kick between yeah. the sirens, boys. Get out there. Have a touch. There Don't get me started on the waffle migs. Just like you've got your injury rant, I've got my <laughs> the waffle or corrupt rant. Locked and loaded, ready to go. Uh, Mop, do we just agree then? Is it a staff clean out? And I know it's, I, I was going to say being flippant. It's not even being flippant. It's 30 years of track record. You don't lose your job at West Coast, realistically. The numbers are very slim. It's a, it's a pretty cushy gig if you can get one. These are guys that were doing a great job on paper, seemingly. You know, 2018, our injury list was good. 19, it was pretty good as well. I know there's a lot of contention around Nick Nat, but I'd almost say, look, you got a guy like that back from two knee recos, back from an Achilles. He's broken now. I get that. It's sad is what it is. There's a list management chat to be had there, but these are guys that have done largely a pretty good job. The fall away in the last two to three years has been spectacular. You're right off the COVID year. You can't write off this year or last year from an injury point of view. Do we just need a clean out? Is it as simple as that? Because I know that's where yes. the fans are lying and it's it's where it's where I'm going. How do you not have a clean out at a certain point? Even, even if there's nothing in it, even if it's just a PR move, Nisbet needs to be seen to be doing something proactive. So even if it makes no difference, yes, you have to make that change. You have to be seen to doing something different. Otherwise, we're going to keep coming back to this conversation that you got it's jobs for boys for life, which mm. yes, that, that, that it's a fair stick. You still got people like Rob Wiley who's coaching the waffle side now, but he's been associated with the club since almost day one. Um, but yeah, we, we need to break that perception. We need to get just brand new people in. The, the bloke we just got in, obviously, he we can't judge him yet. The body of his work is a two to three year job, so you know, essentially that change has been made. We've got to change everyone around him, and the club needs to make that process quite public. So we're not. So we need, you know what I mean? So we're not asking what's happening, what's happening, what's happening. A little bit of transparency wouldn't go astray for once. <laughs> oh, bless. That's that's nice. I think a pig just flew past my window, sorry. Yeah, very just nice. Heroes and villains, let's inject some positivity. Hero of the week, and I think this is going to be a unanimous uh, nomination, and we can spend a little minute talking about the great man. One, William J. Schofield. I don't know his middle initial. I'll look up his middle initial in the meantime. But Will Schofield, Migs, he's back. He's going to play for the Waffle this week. We had a false start on this one last year on April Fool's Day, but no, it is uh, the 20th. It is did Will he actually Schofield. Do that? Yeah, he and, uh, he and uh, Ryan Daniels did a oh, okay. injury crisis because, you know, time's a flat circle and we had an injury crisis in April last year. Uh, but yeah, Scoey's back. What do you make of it? Uh, there's sort of two schools of thought. One is how good Scoey's back. And the other one is how embarrassing you're having to drag legends out of retirement to field a team. But I don't know. I, I skew positive. Where do you land on this one, Migs? Yeah, um, positive. Uh, came about a bit of a funny way with him basically having a joke to um, Simpson in their um, their Monday uh, video session and uh, sort of spiralled from there by the sound of it. Um, but yeah, look, I, I think it's positive. Uh, as he said, there's a real dearth of um, of senior leadership around the Waffle side with uh, all the injuries that they've got and the, the lack of, um, you know, even the AFL listed players that are there are 19, 20, 21 year olds. Um, you know, no offence to Jackson Nelson, but he's uh, not the most experienced and he you know, was never in a leadership position um, in his AFL career. So yeah, I, I think it'll be a benefit having him out there from that point of view. And um, 
very similar to 2019 when they brought Drew Petrie out of retirement to fill in for the Waffle side, which was, I think, having a bit of a crisis at that stage, albeit possibly they just needed some some height as opposed to just warm bodies yeah. at that stage. But um, uh, They needed some height for sure. And Scurry's been out a little bit younger, uh, longer, but I think he's probably younger than, than Petrie was at that stage. So, um, yeah, see how he goes. I, I think he'll be playing either deep forward or deep back for most of the game. But... Um, <sighs> I never considered that he might play forward. Yeah. Bloody hell. I mean, the service probably won't be there, but, oh, that's... Uh, no, yeah, he might catch a cold if he's playing forward. But um, Pretty enticing. He'll at least be out there. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that. I've actually got another um, nomination for Hero of the Week we can get to later if you want. Yeah, we'll swing through a few. We've got Andrew in the comments here saying Hero of the Week nomination. Uh, Dane Swan, apparently, on the front bar tonight, he named Kane Corns as his easiest ever opponent. So I like that. I'm uh, uh, not always a Dane Swan guy, but that's, that's no. not, uh, not too bad there, Dane. Nicely done. And Andrew? Thank you for sending that one along. Mop, Will Schofield, is this is this the future of the Waffle program? Is Chris Marston next? Is Josh Kennedy after that and Mark Lacroix after that? Is this where, we, where we're going? Because I'll tell you what, it'd get me around the Waffle a hell of a lot more. Yeah, look, it, it'd be me keen. Get me keen. I and mean, I can't mm. stand Will Schofield. The, the world knows I can't stand <laughs> the guy. Oh, so go that. through this. Take, take us through this. You've got a long-standing beef with William Schofield. Oh, by the I way, do, I do. it is William J. Schofield, by the way. It's James is the middle name. So yes, yes, Will, yes. William J. Schofield doesn't see eye to eye with you, sir. He he does not. He's the only person to my knowledge that's blocked me on Twitter, put it that way. Um, <laughs> but we, we won't talk about that. I, I've I've already got myself in, in enough trouble with Bailey Williams as representatives. Let's not piss off Will Schofield, who's actually doing the right thing by the team. But look, I love Good. the fact that he's stepping up and he's not played in two years. Like, yeah, cool. I'll run out for the waffle side. No worries, boys. I, I love that. I think that's really repping your colours. And, and the, the fact he stayed in WA, he's still involved with the club. His, his podcast is, is, is not bad. It's not as good as ours, but obviously it's probably no, the next no. best thing. I'd say so. Um, but yeah, you know, get some of the old blokes involved. Get LaCroix, he's still in good shape. Josh Kennedy hasn't eaten too many Hungry Jack's Whoppers yet, so he's still looking yeah, decent, decent in our shape. Marston's still looking in good shape. He's still our runner. Absolutely. Yeah. Get these boys in the waffle. We can't do any worse than we're doing now. Nah, it'd be good. I think it'd inject a bit of energy into a program that, not to go nuts on the waffle, but that program is set up to fail for me, and it's I understand our injury list is massive and I know that a reasonable person wouldn't have foreseen this coming, you know, years ago or, or when this was all set up. But uh, nah, for me, it's as soon as anybody in the Eagles catches a cold, the waffle program is built to fall apart. With all the respect to the mighty Perth Football League, the guys that are playing for the Eagles waffle program aren't in the waffle and they've been looked over by all the other clubs initially anyway. So, you know what? Stuff it. Make it a retirees and, and draftees league. You know, if no one <laughs> between the age of 22 and 30 plays waffle for us. I don't mind. Top it up with the top ups because there's some gems to be uncovered there. I'm sure there are, but nah, the uh, the the vets getting the vets back, Migs. I'm very much on board. Bring back JK says Michaela in the comments. We like to see that. Uh, any any final thoughts on Scully? Any thoughts on if this is actually going to help stem the tide and shake things up a little bit? And then we'll get into some other hero nominations. I reckon. Uh, uh, I can't do any worse. Ends. Yeah, true. Although Perth only kicked one goal on the weekend, so don't get me started on the Perth Demons, Miguel. This is yeah, the waffle. Sorry. This is what we're not talking about. We're all biting out. One question for both of you. Yeah, again, another yes, yes or no question for both of you. Yep. Would you rather to go back to the pre-second side where each club has, say, three players and they manage them the way they see fit? Yes or no? No. No. And Very good. I've, move I've, on. Been pretty, I've been pretty vocal on this. I think every other club, you know, the 17 other clubs all have dedicated reserve side, sides. Um, I, don't, 
don't see that there's a competitive advantage in splitting our guys up and sending them around. I think that there's got to be a competitive disadvantage doing that. Oh, but um, it worked which, in the 90s, Migs. Yeah, oh. we, we've, just got to get the, we've just got to get the system right. And I, I think we're close. It just doesn't have the mm. depth that it needs. Very good. All right, hero nominations. We'll whip it around. Uh, I will quickly give a shout-out to Liam Duggan. I thought he put his body on the line a lot. I thought he filled the hole pretty well in various stages. Perass, we've touched on, wasn't maybe on his game. Maybe hasn't been this season. I thought Duggan sort of filled that void, especially with no Hearn, no Gav. Perass maybe down on, on his uh, luck a little bit at the moment. I thought Duggan did his best down back and sort of organised things. Migs, heroes? Yeah, uh, a couple of them. Uh, Oscar Allen, who playing in the um, 7th, best side in the league, at least. Um, is somehow third in and coming off a, a year out is somehow equal third in the Coleman. Um, Good man. Fantastic from him. And also um, Jake Waterman, 20 touches and um, four goals uh, equaled his career high. And I had to make sure I got that one in because I know it'll piss off at least one of our listeners. Fair enough. That's good. <laughs> Always good to spite the base when you get the opportunity. Yeah. Mop, any other hero yeah. nominations from yourself? Yeah, from yeah I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to second Jake Waterman again for a dude that Oof. was possibly playing for a contract, couldn't get in the round one side. Waterman's looking an absolute weapon. It, as I said, at training, he it, it's a really light session, but he's just moving so well. He's just seeing the ball so well. You can see his tails up. Like He's living and breathing it. They even wheeled him out for the press conference before training. So he gets a tick. Ruben Jinby playing through a niggle and still being our most consistent and most ferocious uh, inside ball gets a tick. And my big one is uh, Bailey Williams playing through niggle after niggle after yeah. niggle. He's still named in the side. He's still trying. He's still improving. He, he's never going to be a number one ruck, but he was probably never meant to be. He was only ever meant to be a, a forward ruck or, as Asterix mentioned last week, probably more likely a back ruck given he's not that good mm. up forward. But either way, he's trying his heart out um, and you cannot ask any more of the guy. He, he's still... Like, the fact he even got on the plane, man. Yeah, because the option is otherwise you play a teenager who's barely ready to ruck in the waffle and we're worried about injuries, worried about protecting the kids. Jesus Christ, that's no way to manage it. Uh, Anthony in the comments here says, Jinby for mine. Kid got smashed around by that cat campaigner and the kid didn't take a step back. Agree with that one. I mean, here are the weeks, Will Schofield. I think we can all agree on that. There's some, some nice options in there, but Scoey, well done. And uh, maybe have you on the show one time if uh, if your people will, will let it. I don't know how likely that is, but I'll, I'll keep asking the question. Right, villainy. Uh, Anthony in the comments just mentioned a particular cat campaigner. Studs up, Toby Green, oh. Dangerfield, asshole. He didn't poke anyone in the face intentionally. I'm not having that. The footy was there to be won. He's got history with the clumsy stuff i know i know the boot up that's deliberate when you do it twice it's even more deliberate piss off danger you're a scumbag just you know off off you go go have a nice surf mate i hope it goes well for you uh villain nominations elsewhere fire away gentlemen good mclaughlin Again, my, my he was meant to be out of a job on Monday on his own time frame. He said, after gather round. Well, it's Thursday now, fellas. You're still on the job. Been pushed back to May, possibly. There was a very vague SEN article mentioning possibly after the federal budget to do with the uh, uh, Tasmanian team, the stadium allocation from the federal government, possibly why you're sticking around. But that's not my issue. My issue is he's sticking around. He's on borrowed time, and he's still he, he's the one that personally... Uh, Gave gather round to Adelaide for three years. Now I have I have no issue with Adelaide having it next season, 
as was widely rumored to be, they did very, very well with the Gather Round. They deserved to, to kind of grow it. But three years is a long time, mm. um, far past his remit. He shouldn't be giving out any three-year deals at this point. That's not the, the rights, which he stole stole a lot of money from Fox and the, on Seven Four. But so that really, really shit me. Three years with no open tender. Oh, man, mm. it could be another pandemic in three years. You can't plan that far ahead. Gil, you'll be... Snorting, pulling a Jack Watts and snorting cocaine off professional paid streetwalkers. Well, there you go. It's, it's of yeah. course, speaking metaphorically and not at all a legitimate statement against Gil and O'Loughlin yeah. or any of his people. Uh, uh, Paul in the comments here, the MRO dipshit for not even referring to Dangerfield studs up effort on Jinby. Agree, big agree with that one. Uh, Migs, villain nominations for yourself. Who do we hate? Uh, yeah, they've all been covered, I think. Um, yeah, whoever's responsible for um, putting the... Um, the uh, Tuesday injury report out. Um, I think I've covered why they're, they're really, really shitting me at the moment. Yeah, ten, 10 guys who are to be confirmed. Twelve because um, we got Hoff and Long added into it. Sorry, yeah, I, sorry. You know? Well, I think it's more than that because it's ten guys who were officially there as to be confirmed, mm. uh, including Nat Nui, who's been there uh, all season and has spent entire seasons with that status. Um, guys that are guys that were injured in the um, in the derby, which you know, three weeks ago, after three weeks, you should have some idea, guys, of, of how long before we're going to see them back. Yep. Um, and then uh, Hearn, not there at all, missed last week, managed, um, missing this week, no mention of why, uh, presumably managed again, uh, long, um, said in the paper to have a hamstring injury. Um, we got a, a one-line thing in the, the article about the uh, the changes from the club saying couldn't be considered because of injury. Um, ditto for Hoff, who none of us even knew was in doubt until um, he didn't get on the plane this afternoon. So, uh, yeah, Baker as well. We don't know where Baker is. So that's 14 guys who I think are truly to be con- confirmed. We don't know where they are. 14 is, what, a third of the team? That's a third of the team, but they're not telling fans when we can see them. It's, it's disgraceful. It's just disgraceful. And it, that they are pushing me to the absolute limit doing this. It's no top on that. That's the villain of the week, a very legitimate one, a very fair one as well. (laughs) Round six. Here we go, boys. We're back on field. We're back in Adelaide. We play Port Adelaide at our home away from home, although of late, gentlemen, of course, not a happy hunting ground. Some interesting... Uh, options here with the ins and the outs. I know that the Eagles are scraping the bottom of the barrel, meaning no disrespect to these guys, but as Mix just pointed out, the list is where it is. You know, if you've got boots, you're probably going to get a game. So Foley's coming in, Shuey's coming in, True is coming in as well. Hoff, mystery illness, mystery injury, he's out. Noah Long, unfortunately, is out. O'Neill was omitted, and as we discussed, I mean, that's a terrible sign. In a in a side with this limited availability to be getting dropped, I know he's sort of playing out of position. His role in round uh, five was definitely very different to his role in round one but yeah not not great yo out injured of course as well because of course why wouldn't he be but mop if we swing things over to port adelaide you look at some of their well-established tools one scott lysette is not in the game uh charlie dixon also not in the game so it'll likely be a ruck division led by uh, jeremy finlayson which is actually quite an interesting ruck battle the eagles are on their last legs we're rucking williams we're rucking waterman and suddenly you go into that and think i'm not saying we're gonna you know walk in there and just dominate the hit outs and waltz out of the midfield but having faced some really strong ruck divisions of late Darcy into you know Melbourne's options there and Geelong's options there there's some good ruck divisions in footy and, and I don't know that maybe we're facing one of them this week no and it's strange I, I did some number crunching they're not that bad I mean they're I had the number of exactly where they'll rank for hit outs and it's 13th there we go they rank 13th for hit outs mm. averaging 33.2 we rank 16th 
But now is not the week to drop a seasoned dude who who largely still knows the squad. It wasn't that long ago that he was on our list. And they've kind cool. of played into our hands here. Like they've kind of gone the softly, softly approach. So I don't know if he... He's uh... been terrible, to be fair, talking of last oh, he has. He's been yeah. shocking. So I see why he got dropped, but I agree with you. This is the week to turn the screw and just batter it. Yeah, he, he has been terrible. He's a mild off. I've watched a bit of Port Adelaide. But yeah, of, of all the weeks, he could have played him into form here. But mm. whatever. Um, but unfortunately, I think this is going to be brutal because he crunched the numbers and Port, I think, this year, their third for total clearances around the ground where shot horror, 18th. Yeah. Um, they've got the mid-bodies. It doesn't. They, they could put two cardboard boxes up forward. That's still win. And they would convincingly in Adelaide. I think this is going to be ugly. I, I, I'm saying three figures here, boys. Wow. Goodness yeah. me. Goodness this, me. This is, the week, our... this is the week it falls over. I'm going to have to bring up our recent history because I know last year we had yeah, that we one where I think yeah. Port came in 0-5 against us and absolutely rolled us last year. 80, yeah, 84 points. Here we go in round round six again. Nicely done. We had one goal eight at three-quarter time. So, Migs, can we actually top that this year or, or where, where are we looking this week? We got Shuey back in the side. We got Kelly in there. Cully's there. Jinby's still playing. The midfield mix doesn't actually look as bad as you might consider given the injury list. Like, Is there a chance we get a bit of supply this week? Yeah, look, I think it'll be a pretty similar game to last week, actually. We'll we'll lose and we'll lose pretty comfortably, but I think there'll be periods <laughs> that we can um that we can get on top and you know, we continue to show the resilience. Sorry, whoever said that was their least favourite word. Um uh we can you know, at least make it somewhat respectable on the scoreboard. Um O'Neill, a little bit unlucky, I think, because he'll be the sub and um you know, similar situation, obviously very different players to uh Trent Cochin, the, the situation he was in and was at Hepwell as well. But um you know, they're, they're, in there, they're in there as dropped, but if the um you know, if the, the system for naming teams changed to what it should be and you name a bench of five and one of those five on the bench becomes your sub, then he's not down as omitted and, and none of this becomes a discussion really. So he's a bit unlucky in that respect, I think. Um I think we all but, saw what was I think if anybody doing teams, I think he was probably the number one option to be going out, in fairness to you know. Yeah, I mean the only reason I think I would have kept him in my side is for consistency. Um if they want to try and make him a forward and get him to play as a forward, then yo yo in and out the side isn't any good, That's particularly when we've lost long as well and now we're short on forwards so um yeah shuey i don't know how much he'll play and um i was a bit disappointed almost to see um not to see barnett come in um because i think it'd be uh, against the weaker um the rough division that we've talked about um wouldn't be the worst introduction for him um you know is a big lad you know, Finlayson's a, um, an honest trier who's not actually a ruckman, so it would have been a fairly soft introduction for him uh, in front of his home crowd. Also, would have given Bailey Williams a, a, a week off, which would have been good. So um, maybe we will see a late change, but um, yeah, would have liked to have seen Barnett because you know at this point uh, where we are, it'd be, you know, it's um, it's good to just have these you know, young kids to get excited about, and that would have been another one. Uh, Anthony making the point in the comments here that we're actually not doing too bad in terms of scoring week on week with relation to where Port are going. And I know the state of the game comes into that in terms of, you know, how fast the game is, how many times it's getting back and up and down. You know, is it a real slow slog of a game? But 10 goals against, or, you know, 64 points against the Pies, 86 against the Crows, 66 against the Swans, 70 last week against the Dogs at home. They're not running and gunning and blowing teams out of the water by any stretch just yet. I mean, look, as we're saying, maybe this is the week, unfortunately, but uh, it's one of those ones where I'm, I'm not going to be like, oh, if we get the supply, we can nick a win and whatever. But we can show a competitive level of footy here 
They've got a good midfield, but they haven't been getting silver service from the rucks, so I'm not going to pretend it's a huge shift. Our rucks actually have a chance to make a bit of an impact here. You know, not just halve it, but win a few. I thought Williams has been really building over the last few weeks. The midfield mix on paper is not as bad as it might be. It's actually a pretty... It's almost close to our full-strength midfield mix which is remarkable when you consider who's available to us at the moment. Darling's there, Allen's there, Waterman's there. There are guys, if we kick the footy to, we can keep it close, we can play competitive footy, and maybe, Mop, we can see, all right, what does the fourth quarter look like when we're not trying to trim the deficit from 70 to 40? What does it look like when, you know what, it's a four-goal game coming into the last quarter? It's a three-goal game coming into the last quarter. Do we have a big swing in us? You know, it's a five-goal game. Do we let it blow out to 60, or do we keep it around that margin? There is still something to be learned, even if the result is, once again, unfortunately, probably not really in doubt. I just don't think this is the week it's going to be. I think if we're going to cop an ugly win, it's going to be this or it's going to be Collingwood. Collingwood Collingwood could be scary. Oh, they'll run and gun on us. They're front runners in but, uh, a, this a good game and a bad way, but yeah. yeah this, this is the game, looking at it ahead, and we all wanted to really do them over after the whole Rioli saga. I don't think Junior Rioli has too many fans left in the great state of Western Australia, and the blue and gold half at least, so this is not a game you want to get spanked by 100 points by, but unfortunately, in in my bones, I just feel that that midfield's going to get on top of us. We don't have the back to the tackle just to match it right now. And Port on their day are one of the better sides in the comp. It's just that better day is few and not few and far between because they're not too bad, but they are yeah, a little bit sketchy. They're Port, yeah. So, but I think yeah, they're going to use this a bit of a, a bit of a punching bag this week. Uh, Port to kick four goals, 20 behinds. Uh, Eagles to win by a Gatorade bottle. Happy birthday to Keys, by the way. I don't know if oh, I'm going yeah. to be outing him here or not, but happy birthday to Big Keys. Taking a night off on the pod, well-deserved rest. Uh, he's Yeah, he was he was there at the start, and he'll, he'll be there as the Eagles hopefully notch up a win on the weekend. Anthony, in the comments here, certainly seems to think we might get a victory. Migs, is there anyone in particular you're really looking forward to seeing in this one? A uh, few names that have been thrown around in the comments already. A lot of, uh, a lot of chat around Cully, so that might be a, a good one to have a bit of a look at but is there anyone in particular you want to say go on guys opportunity for you take it this week yeah apart from barnett um i would like to see um I'd like to see Clark given a run in the middle as opposed to on the wing. Um, yep. Probably said this a few times, but uh, you know, played his um, junior career as a tall wingman, um, couldn't get drafted. Uh, eventually converted himself to an inside midfielder at Subiaco, won a, um, won a premiership and a best on ground. And so we pick him up on the strength of that as a 25-year-old and immediately start playing That's him on a bloody wing. wing. I, yep. I do not understand it. Um, stick him in the middle. You know, we need bodies in there. We need senior bodies. Um, we've got outside mids, got them coming out area years put gaff back out there um yeah uh vish makes a, a good point uh looking forward to seeing zane true as well a little bit surprised that he got another contract um but has been in good form in the waffle uh, relatively uh and yeah um showed glimpses the two games he got last year so yeah looking forward to seeing him and um yeah hopefully he does get to play on ball and he doesn't get um stuck in a forward pocket uh, Mop, for me, Luke Edwards is one to watch because his clearance numbers are actually quite strong and he hasn't really been spending all that much time at the coalface in terms of set and bounces. He, he Obviously, he's going to press up once the ball's in play and we stoppages around the ground, but get him on the ball. Why not? He's getting center clearances even when he's not attending them, you know, pressing in from the wing. He's finding the footy. He's loving the contested possessions at the moment. He's keeping the ball pretty clean and, and keeping it going the right way to the right people. Luke Edwards, you know, in, in the great state of South Australia, could be an option for us. His body's let him down a few times, but you talk 
talked at the start of the show about who are the guys that are on the list in 2026. Of that fringe crew, if you're talking True, uh, O'Neill, Edwards, you know, a couple of these guys, Clark and West and those sorts of guys. I mean, he looks like the one that actually could be a consistent AFL standard option for us. So why not? bit of a homecoming for him. Get after it. Spot on. The dudes you think are going to be on the list in the medium term, give them the middle time, even if they're not quite ready. What Was it Simpson that said uh, one AFL game is probably worth four waffle games? A, a, you know, a decent one. This is the case here. Mm. Um, I've got Ledwood's... I think it will be right up there in terms of what we have now. He's one of our better prospects. So, you know, there's no time like the present. We're not going to win too many games. There's not a lot to be lost by giving him that midfield time. Mm. Let's face it, we're not exactly setting the world on fire. No, very good. And, no, but, very just, good. but just one, one last point on that. And that way, if that means we rest Shuey at half forward or in the pocket so he's not wearing yes. out those, those jelly hamstrings any further, then it's not, not a bad thing either. Yes. Yeah, and the, the Shuey usage is going to be very interesting to watch. We've been using him on the sort of the conservative side of 50%, some weeks above 50%, but he's he's not really been spending his full time as a midfielder. He's starting quarters. Yeah, well, in, I mean, in the derby, he was all over the place and just absolutely racking it up. He was dominant in that derby until it all went wrong. Ping. But... Uh, yeah, but he's been playing off the halfback flank. And I know, obviously, Yo moved into the middle once Jinby got subbed off. So there's a spot on the halfback flank there for him. Hoff's out, so there's a spot there even further. I think Shuey's usage is going to be one of the big storylines for this. Do we start him? I, I reckon what they're going to do is start him in quarters. You get two or three centre bounces at the start of each quarter, but then you're a halfback flank. And he's going to help JJ. He's going to help with it. And hopefully some of these guys actually drive us off the halfback. But Migs, what we're not looking for, of course, is bulk of the time in the middle through Luke Shuey. We're looking for it through Jinby, Cully, Luke Edwards, West, Clark, whoever you want, you know, get them all in. Uh, predictions. Any any for, any closing thoughts on the Port game, how we match up? And otherwise, if not, Minx, take it away with some predictions. Uh, well, my prediction is uh, Shuey won't do what you've just said. He'll play him at predominantly midfield um, and possibly until he has to get subbed off. That's um, enough. Yeah, enough uh, prediction, we lost uh, by 47 on the weekend, so I think we'll go one better. We'll lose by 46 to Port, and our best will be uh, Jack Darling. We haven't talked about him, but he is uh, due a big game. Um, Allen and Waterman's uh, good games might take some of the attention off him, and um, he might be able to uh, get a hold of whoever his opponent is. Uh, we are going to lose this game. I think we're all in agreement with that. We are going to lose this game by about that five to six goal mark. I'll call it 34 points. And this is what I want to see is how do we go in a game where we had a game like this against Adelaide last year. I think it was either right before the bye or right after the bye where it was actually two or three goals at three quarter time. Maybe it was four goals at three quarter time. We brought it back in. It was a competitive game. It was there to be won. We didn't have the talent on the day. And you know what? If we lose out because of a lack of talent, it is what it is as, as we had some comments at the start. That's probably where we're at against 90%, if not 100% of the opposition lists at the moment. But the system, stick to it. There's options there. I'm loving our forward line, even without too much creativity at the feet of the big guys. We don't really need it. The ruck battle intrigues me just because Port are really failing to, I think, just destroy. They could just waltz in and destroy us in the ruck if they chose to, and they've seemingly gone against it. I just think there's something in there where we have a good competitive brand of footy in us. You don't have that one quarter fade away, and we're looking at a very competitive game of footy. Mop, that's obviously 
obviously much easier said than done. But for me, if they keep it close up until that halftime mark, halfway through the third quarter, suddenly it's game on, suddenly Porter getting a bit nervous. I'm not saying we're going to run over the top and pinch it. I just think maybe I'm, I'm not right there with you with the uh, with the triple figures. But but go ahead, give us a number. What do you think is going to happen on the weekend and who are you looking forward to seeing? Uh, 102-point loss. Uh, I am looking forward to Harry Barnett making his debut because okay. uh, Ellie Williams will get injured in the warm-up or the captain's run. Uh, Luke Shuey will do a ping his hamstring again because he shouldn't be playing at the end of the Good. first quarter, start of the second. And any momentum we might have will fall away and will crumble and the club will fold on first thing Sunday morning. Excellent. Oh, well, plenty of reason to tune in on Saturday then, folks. Get around it. Uh, I reckon we will leave it there, gentlemen. Migs, Mops, thank you very much for coming on the show this week. And we'll, uh, I'm sure we'll see you again in the, in the near future. A uh, lot of good comments coming through today, guys. A lot of good questions. Some familiar faces, some new faces as well. So lovely to see that. Thank you very much for watching along. And uh, fingers crossed the Eagles give us something to write home about on Saturday. It might not be a win, but give us a takeaway. Give us a Cully Rising Star or a Luke Edwards. Something, just something we can take away and go, what did we take from round six? It was that positivity. Because, uh, by God, gentlemen, we really need it at the moment. Anyway, good luck yeah. to Will Schofield as um, well on the weekend. Best of luck to him. Migs, any uh, closing thoughts there? Oh, shout out. Well, thanks to Anthony for your positivity there. And also shout out to June, who might be listening to this on playback. She did comment that one of our regular commenters, uh, live commenters last year, and she said she, her um, schedule's changed and she can't listen live. So it's all right. There you go, June. It's a shout out. We love the live stream. We love the podcast listeners. We love you all. We love the Eagles, and I hope that they love us back on the weekend, but we will find out next week. We will catch up again, uh, yeah, next week, probably same time, definitely the same place. Until then, bye for now. Bye.